0: Welcome to the B2B Mix Show with Elena and Stacy. In each episode, we'll bring you ideas that you can implement in your sales and marketing strategy. We'll share what we know along with advice from industry experts who will join us on the show. Are you ready to mix it up? Let's get started. Hey, everybody, this is Stacy Jackson. And I'm Elena Jackson. We are the co founders of Jackson Marketing. And in case you still haven't heard, we are also sisters. Stacey, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about a subject that's not new to
1: you or to me or even our guests. We're talking about working from home. And I know a lot of people out there right now, this is their first foray into working from home. So it can be a little bit of a challenge, maybe if you've never done it before. But today's guest is going to help us learn how to do it right and how to manage a distributed team when you are in a situation where everyone is working remotely. Elena?
0: Yeah. And one thing is that for us, we had to kind of learn on our own. So the great thing about this is our guest is going to share a lot of tips and tools that you can use to make life easier with working with a distributed work workforce.
1: So we're going to switch it up a little bit today. We're going to go straight to our break. And then afterwards, we will have an uninterrupted conversation with today's guest David Krieger whom Elena will introduce
0: right after the break some of you may already know our guest from the introverts and sales episode earlier in the season but for those of you that missed that episode let me introduce you to him David Krieger is the founder and president of SalesRoads, a business-to-business appointment setting, lead generation, and sales outsourcing company. He has been named as one of the most influential leaders in sales and lead management in the last four years in a row and by Sales Lead Management Association. David's team at SalesRoads focuses on developing and implementing high-quality professional business-to-business inside sales teams for clients with their turnkey solutions, These include recruiting, training, and retaining high-quality skilled workforces, developing powerful call approaches, rebuttal strategies, and leaving the latest technologies to build pipeline, increase sales, and lower their clients' cost per sale. David, we are excited to have you on the B2B MIG show again.
2: Yeah, thanks, Alana. It's great to be back with you guys.
1: So we are kind of living in some crazy times right now, David. I never expected to be alive during a pandemic, although it sounds like epidemiologists have been predicting this. Um, it's changing the way a lot of people are living and working. I know the team at SalesRoads has been virtual since your inception, but has it changed anything for the way you guys are working otherwise?
2: Yeah, so, so in that... in. For the most part, it really hasn't changed that much as far as the operations of the way that we work. I mean, we, as you mentioned, 13 years ago, we, we started the company with the concept of having everybody remote and working from their home offices. And so that, you know, as far as the operational standpoint, that hasn't changed. Obviously so much has changed in our country and around the world. And so some of the ways that we're approaching prospects and, and talking to individuals has definitely changed. And also obviously with, with our employees and just making sure everyone's staying safe and, and things like that. But from an operational standpoint, you know, one good thing for us is that we have been remote um, and we've been able to just stay working from an operational standpoint, the same that we, way that we were working You know, a month ago, three years ago, five years ago, even given the current pandemic,
1: have you noticed any of your clients or vendors saying that they're having to start working from home now?
2: Yeah, most of our clients um, and and our vendors have started working from home. It seems like, at least with the people that we're working with, um, it's the exception, not the rule, that people have decided to to close their their offices up and have everybody work from home. So over the past week, I think it's really been. you know, quite a fire drill, um, and uh, not really a drill, right. Um, right. For, 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 for everybody, um, to, to change their, um, their work habits as well as the way that they work. But really, you know, a Testament to the people, you know, our clients and, and the vendors and also just the people I've been seeing and talking to and seeing on LinkedIn. You know, I think a lot of people have just really handled this with grace have really, um, I haven't seen it from my vendors, any, any hiccups. Um, and things have been working really smoothly given such a seismic uh, thing. That's, that's great going on right now in the economy.
0: I'm sure some of them have turned to you since you, you, your company was kind of created with the idea of working from home, right? Um, So I'm sure you've probably gotten some questions on maybe what they should do best, which maybe that's what led you to write some of the four keys uh, to keeping up your remote sales team productive. And and we found that on your site and have looked over that and it's got some really good information in it. So we kind of wanted to walk through those if you're good with that. Um, Yeah, that sounds great. So I think the first one is Talking about communication, I think, I think on the blog itself, it said communicate, communicate, communicate. So obviously communication is a huge thing when you're working from home. We're well aware of that since we've worked from home as well. So what are some of those best practices and suggestions for keeping that communication open?
2: Yeah, and one, um, and we have been getting a lot of questions from 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 you know people that we work with. Uh, you know, we've proactively tried to reach out also to companies that we know we're making the switch to try to help where we can. And I think a lot of the principles that we outline in the blog, and we'll we'll talk about today, are a lot of things that are best practices. I think in a centralized environment, but they're even more important in a remote environment. And if you do them well it facilitates a way to be able to work remote the same way that we're able to work in a centralized environment. And I I would argue there's a lot of benefits uh, to remote work over a centralized uh, environment. And so absolutely a lot of what's, where this all starts is communication. And a lot of times people say to us, you know, especially, before all this happened is, you know, I just don't think that we can facilitate the same type of communication. There's gonna be less knowledge sharing, um, balls will get dropped, things like that, if we worked in a remote environment. And I can tell you from 13 years of experience that that's just not true. Um, As long as you put in the right types of processes, have the right type of technology um, and the right type of mindset, Um, Great uh, communication can happen anywhere, and I'll tell you, great communication can happen in a remote environment, and terrible communication can happen in a non-remote environment, but you just need to make sure you're executing well. Um, So where that starts for us is making sure that we have well-established meeting rhythms. Now, we don't want to have people, especially salespeople, in meetings all day long. Um, and so I, the way that we've constructed that is around a, a certain type of philosophy, which allows us to have um, regular types of meetings that are check-ins, that, that are very efficient, that facilitate the type of communication you need, as well as the social interaction that people do crave, um, you know, working both in a centralized and in a remote environment. So, what it does is it, the first thing we would really highly advocate, and you some people do this in a centralized environment, but I think it's really key in a remote environment is to have a daily huddle, and that daily huddle is three to five minutes, um, and it can be scheduled at any time. You know, it can be midday, it can be first thing in the day, it can be the last thing in the day, whatever is the the right rhythm for your team. But then you have a very structured daily huddle for each. You know, department, you don't want the huddle, I don't think, too big. You know, each department, each sales team, um, management team, and nobody should be in more than two huddles. And the agenda that we basically use is we have everybody start out with any victories or news. Uh, We then say, what is the number one thing that you want to achieve that day? Um, And that can be a sales goal, it can be an appointment goal, it can be a certain project that you're working on, a certain um, proposal you're putting together. But if you could only get one thing done, what is that one thing that you would do? And everybody needs to shout that out. If anybody is stuck on anything, they should then shout it out. Now, we're not going to solve that stuck in that three to five minute huddle, but then you figure out where to take it offline. So that way you're facilitating that communication. So the sales rep isn't stuck on a certain, you know, getting a certain approval for pricing or whatever it might be that stuck comes out. Um, and then we like to do a core value shout out. So if somebody's done something great, um, shout that person out, and then we end with a team cheer. And when done efficiently and run well, that only takes three to five minutes. You go really quick, it's high energy, it's beat, but you are able to give a lot of information in just three to five minutes and make sure everyone is staying in sync. So that's the first principle of of good communication, just having a huddle. And then what that does also is it minimizes a lot of the little phone calls and slacks back and forth and other meetings that might not be necessary that just take up a lot of people's time. Then you wanna have one weekly team meeting. Now that's pretty pretty common sense, but a lot of times people are skipping it. One weekly team meeting, again, very well structured where you go over KPIs, you go over metrics, you try to solve certain problems, uh, as a team and that can be as much as 90 minutes but you know a structured weekly team meeting that nobody misses and you facilitate good good information right there mm-hmm. and and then you know you, you, you some people have asked me um, one, one question a lot of a lot of people come to us especially in the sales industry is how do you do coaching how do you do one-on-ones in a, in a remote environment should i do one-on- ones in a remote environment and they answer is absolutely. You know, you can't not do one-on-ones in in sales, and you can't not do one-on-ones in in a remote environment or a centralized environment for all that matter. So I think that having your one-on-ones and again, structuring them well, you just do it over Zoom, right, versus just sitting in the person's office. If you don't have Zoom, you can do it over a phone call, but I like doing Zoom because especially in one-on-ones, you want to go over metrics, you want to, you know, be able to do screen shares and things like that. And then lastly, I think it's very important to have a Quarterly company-wide meetings—we call them town halls—where everything is reviewed. All of the big things that we are working on, our big metrics are reviewed. We do awards. We make it a lot of fun, and that's just again done over Zoom, right? And everyone shares their camera if they're they're comfortable, and we make it fun, high energy, and everybody comes together as as a company uh, on a quarterly basis.
1: I was going to ask you about the the video aspect. Are you guys using video in your meetings? I know a lot of people that are just now working from home. Our mom actually had to work from home this week and had to do a video call or thought she would, and she just couldn't stand that idea. (laughs) What are your recommendations to get people more comfortable with that if they are doing video calls?
2: Yeah, so I do love video, and I always try to put my video on just because I love people to be able to see my facial expressions and I feel it's more engaging. But we made a decision not to require video. Um, You know, one of the things, and we'll probably get to it, it's part of part of the, the, the blog is, you know, one of the the benefits of, of remote work um, is giving people a sense of freedom um, and autonomy um, that I don't think is recreatable in a centralized environment. And so we don't want to force somebody to have to, like, you know, make sure their hair is perfectly combed and they look perfect for for a video <laughs> call, you know, so we, we just don't want to have that type of... Uh, you know, so we never force anybody to do video. I always put it on and a lot of people follow suit, but those who aren't comfortable don't put it on. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's nice. I don't think it's critical. I don't think it has to happen in a remote environment. And I think it's worse if you force it to happen in a remote environment. Yeah.
1: And you've got some good tips here too on the different text-based communications. I especially like your point, another meeting that could have been an email. That's the worst when you have a meeting about something that could have just been an email. Um, or the other way around. Uh, Any specific ones that really stand out as the biggest offender that people have when they are working from home?
2: Yeah, so I think we'll get into this in a little bit, but I think Slack is the most amazing tool in general for remote work, but also when used improperly can be a detriment. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We do have some really... Good guidelines for for our company around that we use it, and we try to create some creative ways to create communication um, as well as community around Slack. But it's really important um, for people not to Slack people when something could be an email, right? Slack is is not is for urgent communication or lively communication. You know, um, where there's some back and forth, and you can. But it, if you interrupt people all day. Uh, Nobody can get their work done. And one of the most amazing things about remote work is, you know, before I started the company, I worked in an office setting. I've heard a lot of people say this is in order to get any work done, I have to come in early and I have to go late, (laughs) leave leave late, right? (laughs) Because nothing gets done between nine and five Uh because you're either in meetings or people are coming by your cubicle or your your office um, and, and it breaks your concentration. In a remote work, you don't have that right? So you can really focus and and be more, I believe, much more productive. And so what we try to do with Slack is encourage both people to not Slack when it can be an email, but then we have different, um, statuses that we've created. Um, one very important one is do not disturb and people shouldn't slack when you're on duty, not Disturbed, You might be power dialing. You might be working on a project. You know, we say we have rocks that we're working on every quarter. You can say, I'm just working on rocks, or you can say I'm in uh, in meetings. And so we create good communication. So people aren't slacking all the time and creating a disruption um, versus making it productive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one thing that I found is that sometimes for, for me, I like to focus on what I'm working on and Slack can be a big distraction at times. Like if there's a group message going on or just having some fun and I may not join in on that conversation until it's like way late because I like to just ignore it and just keep working on what I'm working on. And that's, I think a lot of people have a hard time not answering. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's Slack. I got to answer it. There's Slack. (laughs) I got to answer it. There's Slack. I got to
2: answer it. It's like an (laughs) itch you have to scratch.
0: yeah, Yeah, yeah. So I think some people... Some people will do okay with avoiding those interruptions and some people maybe not always will do as well. So what should they do in those instances? Turn it off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I do I I well first of all I do think that there it is important to create some cultural norms around what is appropriate Slack and what's not, and not be afraid to push back um, on people and say, "Could this have been an email?" Just to try to really keep that people aware of what should be Slacked and what shouldn't be Slacked. Um, even though one little one seems kind of petty, it's just important, I think, to to, to let people know about that. But then, as far as just individual uh, executives or, or reps, um, I. I think it's okay if you're power dialing and you really need to focus and you know that Slack is going to be a distraction, that little little red dot, you know, <laughs> when it comes up, turn it off. Absolutely. You, at the end of the day, you know, I think with remote work as well as any work, you know, you're accountable for your results. Mm-hmm. And so... You've got to, first of all, we try to trust our team to be accountable for the results. And so if they need to turn off slack at a certain period of time because they're power dialing or they're working on a project and they know that they're just gonna get distracted, that's fine. You know, They need to come back on and maybe check just to make sure there's nothing urgent that comes on, but time block that time for an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it is you need, where you need no interruptions. I'm a big proponent of that. That's how I get a lot of work done I can, I'm very focused, so I can ignore that little red button very well, so I don't have to turn off Slack, but if you can't, absolutely, I think it's great to turn it off.
1: So I think we'll hit a a few more of uh, the issues around different technology when we uh, get to the tools later, so I wanted to move on to your next big point about boosting morale and combating loneliness, and Elena and I have worked from home since 2011, and we also are in the same house, so it's not exactly that we're alone, but, you know, right. we get on each other's nerves sometimes, <laughs> and like other coworkers, but but we know that that, that doesn't always happen. So how, how do you encourage people to um, boost morale, make sure people aren't lonely? Um, obviously, in the case of the two of us, we don't have other employees. We work with clients, so that's one way we can uh, change our loneliness factor, get on there and talk to our, our clients and colleagues, but how do you do that in a situation where you have a distributed team of employees?
2: Yeah, so um, I think it's really important. Um, As you guys know, since we did the podcast, I'm more introverted, so I don't necessarily crave the social interaction, but in sales, a lot of people do, Um, and I think it's important to acknowledge that as a company, if you are doing remote Even if it's just during this period of time, or if you, as a strategy, are wanting to do remote um, moving forward. And so there are a number of things that we've done that I think are really important. One is, and this is going back to Slack, is creating a channel. And we call it the virtual water. We just call it water cooler, but it's like a virtual water cooler. Um, And that's just a channel just for fun stuff. Um, You know, we celebrate birthdays there, but, you know, one of the things we started doing that's really done. I think amazing things is we have one employee who posts a question every single day um and so it could be anything from what was your first concert to what's the view outside your window um you know what as um you know just even tell me a little bit about yourself or one thing that nobody else knows um or tell me a funny story. And, and then anyone, again, who wants to can respond. And we start learning about each other. And it becomes just a, a fun, you know, it's nothing to do with business in the water cooler, just a fun place for everybody to express themselves um, and tell, tell a little something about who they are. And that has really just taken off. I think it's been, been really fantastic way for everybody to get to know each other and be a little social uh, around our virtual water cooler.
0: Yeah. One of our, um, one of our clients has a channel like that on Slack and they get a lot of interaction with the different things that get brought up. It's just, like you said, it's just a for fun channel on there and, and it does create some good engagement.
2: Yeah. I think mean, it's been great for us. Um, and the other thing is, and again, this is around trusting your employees, but I I think it's important for people to be able to reach out to, to coworkers, you know, either on Slack individually or just have, have a call with each other, um, just like if they were sitting in a cubicle next to each other, just to talk about their weekend or sports team or whatever it is. You know, obviously they need to hit their numbers and they need to be working hard, but that social outlet shouldn't be banned. Um, and what we've seen at Sales Roads, and it's really just it's remarkable it, it, that there are some really close friendships that have developed between people who have never met each other, um, but they become and they consider themselves friends. And actually, I was on you know and one of the things we talk about is sort of taking your employees out to a virtual lunch, which I actually did this this um, I guess afternoon or you know, around twelve thirty. Um, uh, I did did a, a lunch with. Uh, you know, five other other folks, and we all just sort of got to know each other and talk, but there were two that were actually f- really good friends, and one said that that one had talked about how there was a complete run on toilet paper where they live, which is <laughs> one of the realities that we're, we're living in, um, and the other individual um, lives in a very rural town, and you would think maybe in rural town, you know, maybe the supply chains aren't there, but also in rural town, there's not a lot of people to have runs on toilet paper, so she had lots of toilet paper. <laughs> so she went out and bought toilet paper for this individual, oh, and nice. her husband upsed it over to, to to the other employee sales roads, so oh, that they awesome. could get toilet paper. These are two people have never met, um, <laughs> and they've created you know a, a, a close, meaningful bond. Uh, you know, uh, just through through sales roads, and that, I just loved that story when the two of them told me that today. That's
0: very cool. Yeah, uh, one thing that we're actually going to be doing after we record this with you is we're going to have a virtual happy hour with mm. one of our clients' marketing teams. So yeah. that's a that's a new one I've never done. So that's another thing that people
2: could do. Absolutely, <laughs> they don't record it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's great. We, we've done that. It's a lot of fun, you know, um, and we've even had people, you know, I, some people, you guys might be doing it on zoom, which is a lot of yeah. fun, but we've even just had people go out you know, we said, listen, you know, buy two drinks, you know, it on sales rows and just send us some pictures and we slack back and forth and things like that. And everyone just knows they're kind of having a happy hour at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's actually been even fun. That's
0: fun. So the, the next um, item on the list is creating an at-home office environment what kind of tips do you have for that? I know that Stacey and I know the challenges of that. We used to actually have an office where we sat in it together. And then we found that there were issues at times where she would be on the phone and I would be on the phone. It was just one of those open office kind of ideas that I don't like at all. And <laughs> So what, what do you recommend for people when they are setting up their home office?
2: Yeah, so I can talk a little bit about setup. And then I also, I think the A really important thing is how your, your mental, um, approach to it and communicating mm-hmm. that approach to everybody else who might be in your your household. So I think at home em- environment if you can have an office where you can close the door, it's obviously ideal. And that's, you know, even just converting a room where we have people who've converted just basements and things like that, but having a separate space for yourself I think is really important, you know, and it's one of the things that we really focus on when when we're bringing people on, we want to make sure that they have a quiet work environment because Know if you set up in the kitchen, you know, and then kids come home from school and think, you know, it's just not very conducive for work. So, I I think it is very important to try to have a separate area um, that that hopefully has a door to have a very good home office environment. Mm -hmm. So, that's one important thing. The second thing is, you know, even if you have a door, if there are other people living in your house, they might think it's important to come in and talk to you or ask you a question or things like that, right? And so, we think it's very important to make sure to communicate to everybody who also lives in, in in your house. And this is especially true, I think, people who are going rapidly to remote because it's such a new paradigm, right? And uh, And people might think in their household that they're home and therefore they're not really working or they can just barge <laughs> in. But it's right, important yep. to sit down with everybody in your family and say, listen, I'm still working. I'm working from home, right? But when I'm in the office, I'm working. And listen, I might work from this hour to this hour. And, you know, we're also all balancing things like homeschooling things like that. So I might come out for this hour and this hour and, and, and do homeschooling and go over homework and things like that, but make a schedule and make sure everybody else in your household understands that schedule um, because otherwise you're going to get interruptions um, just like you're in an office, <laughs> uh, maybe more so. So I think it's really important to have that mindset Um communicate it to the people in your household to make sure that you've got an ideal work environment
1: one thing that you mentioned like the mental or emotional aspects of working from home that one is one that getting that work-life balance is often a challenge for me because Mm -hmm. you know you'll be sitting on the couch at seven and then somebody's like slacking you or wanting to talk about something and you just can't ever leave work mode sometimes What are your recommendations there so that you don't let it blur together too much?
2: Yeah, so we have a recommendation for that. And also it's been interesting. Um, You know, this was more of a unique problem when we started the company, when people were working from home. But it's actually now the the bl- the blur between work and and home because of smartphone and laptops and things like that has been a problem for a lot of people um yeah. you know and so it wasn't more of a unique issue for for folks who were working from home before that era but i think a lot of people struggle with it but i think it's really important um and still maybe more important for remote work because you have your office and you could just be there and you don't have your commute and just, you, you know, there's not, you don't see everybody leaving. So um, I think it's really important for people, for, for you, we talk about boundaries with your family, but boundaries for yourself. Right, so when you go into you know that schedule or knowing when you're gonna when is work time and when is closing down the laptop time and time to be with the family or when is that break during the middle of the day where you can go take that walk um, and you're gonna go you know out with your your spouse or with your your family, um, it it really is is so important. You know, um, I was reading something the other day uh, about Winston Churchill and he did so many things right and he he achieved so much in his life. Um, but even through that, all that time, he took time to go every day and dress up for lunch and have a very nice lunch uh, with his wife and to go take a walk at a certain time and have tea at a certain time. And he knew how to cons- have boundaries and recharge either mm-hmm. throughout the day or, or, you know, on either side of the day. And I think that's just so important. Otherwise, work can just become consuming and actually your productivity goes way down if, if you allow that to happen.
1: Yeah, burnout for sure. Yeah, it's hard sometimes to get even just get up and go do that lunch break because you're in the middle of something. You got a, a groove going or whatever, but you you have to force yourself to make time for yourself.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: So as far as uh, one the final big point before we get into talking about the different tools that that you recommend people having is building a culture of trust and accountability, and I think that's. That for some reason is still an issue, even without the pandemic thing in the mix, where people have had a holdout on letting people go work from home because they feel that they're going to lose the ability to make people accountable or to trust them when they go to work at home. How can you help assure managers, CEOs, executives, business owners that you can create a culture of trust and account- accountability with a distributed workforce.
2: Yeah, well, the, the ironic thing is, it starts with the managers, um, and they're they're the way that they approach remote work. Um, and one of the reasons why we included this in the blog is it's one of the the main questions we get. You know, how if somebody's going remote, how do I know that they're actually working? And I think that's one of the main reasons why a lot of people didn't want to go remote is they felt that they weren't sure whether their team was going to be working, and I have found that that's just wrong if approached the right way. I think that remote workers can be much more productive, and productive is the key word, right? Mm -hmm. They might not even work as many hours, but they will produce a lot more because they're more effective during the time they're not being interrupted all the time. They don't have the commute, and they're not getting t- tired when they get there because they are just going in and they're getting their stuff done. But what it the way to foster that and the way to make sure that it happens is you start with a culture of trust. So you s- trust your employees to do their work, uh, to be professionals, and to get it done. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't hold them accountable and that you don't cl- create clear KPIs um, and metrics by which you know whether they're getting their work done or not. Um, But you don't need to lean over their shoulder and see that they're working and see that they're typing and see that they're at their desk to know whether they're getting their work done. Because at the end of the day, if you created those KPIs and the KPIs are good metrics uh, to gauge their productivity, you'll know. And so what I say is make sure that you trust your team. Don't feel like you have to slack them to see if they're at their desk and they're making calls. And obviously we have technology to be able to monitor that to some degree too, but you know, just don't go in with that mindset. However, have your one-on-ones every week and go over their metrics, you know, see how many appointments they're getting and what their sales pipeline looks like, what they're closing. Um, You know, if they're managing a certain project, how is that progressing through? Um, And what is the end goal of that project? Uh, project and how is that going to impact a certain metric. Uh, go over that in your one-on-ones. You know, go over it in the weekly meeting in a public setting where everybody sees each other's KPIs. right? And if they're not hitting their KPIs over a period of time, then you either got to coach them and figure out something or they're not doing something right. Or if they are slacking off and I'm not saying everyone's perfect, then you have to address that. But don't address it by just slacking and micromanaging and hovering over people. you got to start with trust because for the right executives and the right salespeople, the right people, that's going to set them free to be more productive, be more effective at what they do. And you're going to really get the amazing benefits that we've seen over the past 13 years from a remote workforce.
0: And the funny thing is a lot of, um, managers probably don't even realize just how much in office people are goofing off mm. <laughs> because I've worked in sure. a couple of offices and I know some people were always online. Some people were always out in the break room or just, they weren't working. And mm-hmm. so it's, you, you, if you're not even looking at what's happening in the office right now, you may not even realize they're not working already. <laughs> When they get home, their productivity is probably going to go through the roof.
2: <laughs> Such a good point. Absolutely.
0: So you also list a lot of um, tools that will help people to be successful with moving to remote working and things like that. So I wanted to kind of go through some of those. So the first one you talk about is having an instant messenger which we've kind of already touched on that about with slack but what are some of the other tools that you recommend that could be useful
2: yeah so um so yeah it's good to have some some form of instant messenger um you know we we like slack um but then another one i think a lot of people have realized this too but zoom is just an amazing platform um for for meetings and it really just works you know we've, we've lived through and we've had other other providers that that make it a little bit more difficult, and you're always spending five minutes at the beginning of the call to get on. But Zoom just works, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it's just a great great platform uh, to host your 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 meetings, your one on ones. Um, uh, and you know, we we also love the recording capability because that way we can you know see what happened. We throw it in also a, uh, the recording into a. Um, tool called otter.ai, which will transcribe the meeting so we can look at little notes from it and things like that. So that's been great. Uh, obviously, soft phones are important now, um, or if you just have it transferred to people's cell phones, that's fine. But we, we do like soft phones on people's computers. Um, uh, and, you know, the the other key one, I think, is screen recording tools. Now, that's different than than Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something like if people have heard of Loom or Snagit. And what we found is that a lot of times, instead of writing an email or even making a call, creating Loom, which you can just click with a button, you do a little screen share, uh, or not screen share, you can record what's happening on your 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 screen, or you can also have a little bubble which shows your face, so it makes it a little bit more personable. Um, being able to walk somebody through a spreadsheet or some KPIs or maybe a call approach by showing them that on the screen while talking them through it is a great way to facilitate both uh, effective communication, but also a lot of times some of the things that you wanna uh, communicate, the person who's receiving it might wanna see it a few times, right, and and be able to have it as reference. And so it's just a great way to create a good, um, steady way of communicating uh, in a remote environment.
0: Yeah, I use Snagit all the time. Me too, I love Snagit. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So David, do you have any um, predictions on
1: whether or not this whole coronavirus situation that's made companies have to work from home in the short term might change people's minds about telecommuting and remote work in the long term?
2: I really think it will. Um, I Obviously, we're not going to go... <laughs> to 100% remote environment, kind of like what we're heading towards right now, at least for the next few weeks. Um, But I think companies are going to see, and employees will also see the benefits of working remotely. Uh, Companies who have just been stubborn and and felt like you can't manage people, you can't do communication, can't hold people accountable, all the things that we're talking about, they're going to see that's just not true, that you can do all those things the same way that you do it in a centralized environment, maybe even better. Um, and employees are going to love the fact, you know, I don't think employees right now love the fact that they're trying to do their work and their little ones might be crawling all over them and things like that. But, you know, while they're at, if they're at school, it's a whole different thing. Um, you know, uh, that I think employees will realize how it really sets you free and allows you to be both achieve your true potential because you're not having to deal with a lot of the, the stuff that comes up in a centralized environment and all the, the distractions. Um, but also, and we've seen this with our our, our team, is, is you don't have to live in a certain place if you're working in a remote environment. It frees people up to live wherever they live. Maybe they're living in a certain city because that's where their job is, but their family's in another city. Well, with remote work, you can live where your family is, right? Or maybe you love, you know, you've always wanted to live in Colorado, but you just can't because, you know, your opportunities have been in Texas, whatever it might be. It just adds a layer of freedom um, and you are not confined to geography. Um, and I think you can do the same work and hopefully I've made a case and people will see that they can do their work better in a remote environment. So I think there's no going back. I think that we will see a seismic change in the way that work is done and how much more comes into a remote environment. But absolutely, I mean, the old fashioned way of working isn't going to go away. They will still have offices. There's still certain professions, obviously, that do need to have those offices, but we're going to see a lot more remote workers in the years to come.
1: So David, you've already been on the episode and we asked you our fun question, but we came up with another one for you. Oh, good.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> if you won the lottery, what are the first couple of things you do or spend that money on?
2: So let me think. Um, so one of the things that that we've been able to do because of remote work is that though we live in South Florida, um, in the summers, because South Florida is not the best place to be in the summers. We have started <laughs> yes. spending our winters, or I'm sorry, our summers in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, and I've uh, we've we gotten an Airbnb there, and we put the kids to camp in, in Boulder. Um, and you know, we just rent every um, every summer. But if I. Won the lottery, I don't think we would have to rent anymore. <laughs> but Boulder's very expensive. But I guess if I had the lottery, I could afford it. And I'd actually get us a place in Boulder so that we could uh, call it our home and make it make it our, our home um, still for those just those months. But but really have a place. And I don't know. I'm a simple guy. I don't know if I there's much uh, so many things I need. But that would that would definitely make me make me happy.
0: Well, that kind of uh, plays into us too. Now that you've mentioned that, if we ever win the lottery, we might do the same thing because
2: it's hot in Tampa it's hot.
0: too. <laughs> yeah, Tampa hot, hot as well.
2: <laughs> we'll all get houses uh, next to each other. We'll yeah. be neighbors <laughs> in
0: Colorado. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, David. We appreciate it and for sharing all of your knowledge and experience on managing remote teams and employees. If our audience wants to connect with you, how should they do that?
2: Yeah, one of the best places is LinkedIn. Um, you know, I've been trying to be active there, especially around this topic, but other other topics as well. So they can just look me up on LinkedIn, um, reach out, connect with me. Uh, I'm just David Krieger, K-R-E-I-G-E-R at uh Uh, on LinkedIn, or you can go to our website or email me at David at salesroads.com. Always great to hear from people any questions you have on remote work, making the transition. If you're an employee doing things remote, just just let me know. I'm happy to help in any way I can.
0: All right. And we will include that information in the show notes. And everyone needs to make sure they go follow and connect with David. And if you want to get in touch with me or Stacy, you can hit us up on social. On Twitter, you can find Stacy at stacy underscore Jax. that's s-t-a-c-y underscore j-a-x and you can find me at elena underscore jacks that's a-l-a-n-n-a underscore j-a-x and if you're not a twitter fan you can always look us up on linkedin and don't forget you can leave us a voicemail on the anchor mobile app or on our anchor.fm show page see you next week the b2b mix show is hosted by stacy jackson and elena jackson of, you guessed it, Jackson Marketing. If you need help with your B2B inbound marketing efforts, visit us at jacksonmarketingservices.com.
2: Yay!